quality is a profession that goes hundreds of years back. Today, quality professionals work in construction, rail, pharmaceuticals, finance, and retail, to name a few sectors. Regardless of the industry they're in, they all work and deploy improvement strategies, assurance methods, and governance framework that helps make society a better place. Like all professionals, though, mistakes and missteps are made along the way. Confessions of a Quality Professional will bring you quality professionals from around the world to talk about their journey and share one of their confessions. Maybe two. Let's see if I can get more out of them. I'm Rashad Issa. Welcome to my third episode. Joining me today is Jonathan Bishop. Jonathan is a quality professional with extensive experience in manufacturing and construction. I've got the uh, privilege to work with Jonathan for many years in the CQI London Committee, and I'm delighted to have him uh, with me in this chat, because I'm sure he'll be able to share more than one confession with us today. Jonathan, hello. Hi, Richard. How are you doing? I'm very good. How are you? Good. Yeah, I'm fine. Thank you. Yeah, let's see how we go. I'll see how many secrets I can reveal. <laughs> Fantastic. Where are you joining us from, Jonathan? Okay, I'm based in Nottingham, working from home, like many, many people. Um, but uh, a lot of the time I'm in London, and of course, that's how we, we met as part of the CQI. Um, but uh, for last year, I've been based in, in the East Midlands. Fantastic. And are you enjoying the work without any commute? Oh, certainly. Yeah. I mean, you know, just the energy that you get back, I think, and time with family. And yeah, we've definitely turned the corner, I think, for the better uh, from one respect from the from the pandemic. So I hope that's an improvement for lots of people. But I also miss being in the big city and meeting people face to face. But that will soon change, I'm sure. It is. I, I definitely miss miss the city as well, but it is a balance that we need to strike because definitely not commuting every day mm. and gaining two to three hours back into your life is, is absolutely brilliant. Um, Jonathan, uh, let's talk about uh, your uh, career, your journey. Uh, you are a quality professional, but um, uh, I suspect you did not start straight away as a quality professional. So why don't you share with us and with our listeners about your journey? How did it all happen? Yeah, well, I, I guess I'm the same as many quality professionals. And, you know, I don't know many who did start exactly in quality. Most of us have often sort of grown into it or fallen into it, one of the two. Um, I started out as a scientist, you know, I was a microbiologist and uh, I did some research and I ended up doing some research in a manufacturing organization. And um, how I actually got into quality was that um, it, was, it was a case of, uh, I was working on a product in a manufacturing organization for uh, a few months and I overheard by chance a conversation from the marketing department saying, actually, we don't need this product anymore. And they were referring to what I was working on. And I discovered by chance that actually, you know, what I've been working on had been a bit of a waste of time. And I found this quite infuriating, really, and just a bit kind of disappointing, you know, when you put energy and stuff into into what you do. Absolutely. Uh, and and But shortly after that, I was kind of invited to get involved in the rollout of ISO 9001 and the development of a management system. And this was in the late 90s. Um, so it was before the sort of uh, the change to the, the 2000 standard and the process approach. Um, but what that enabled me to start doing is having an understanding of you know, big organizations weren't as efficient as I thought they were going to be. I came out of academia thinking, right, I'm going to go into organizations where everything's going to be running smoothly. And actually what I found was a lot of waste and a lot of a lack of kind of specification of what needed to be done 
what did people have to work out? What was the process? Because my experience was uh, that it was as a result of a lack of process in place. So I was able to start my kind of journey into understanding managing systematically and how that can help organisations. And it went on from there, really. I mean, I ended up rolling out uh, management systems um, globally across their manufacturing sites. So that was about 25 odd sites, working with quality managers in different cultures, which was a real privilege to get to work with people around the world there and getting their understanding and quality and some of their challenges. I'll come. Um, yeah. I'll, that's really interesting. I'll come to that latter part of your okay. experience. Um, uh, but you mentioned something that's really uh, disheartening and happens a lot of the time, whether um, uh, our listeners are quality professionals or, or they're professionals from different sectors, which is working on something for a period of time. And then just towards the end, you get to hear that this product or this effort is no longer needed or is no longer required. And this is definitely disheartening. And I'm sure uh, we can get to, got to cover this topic uh, at a later stage in more depth. Um, you did mention about uh, um, ISO deploying quality management system and ISO 9001. Just for our listeners, uh, we touched on this in one of our previous episodes, but ISO is the International Organization for Standards, and they do release hundreds of standards for businesses to operate uh, uh, and measure their operations against international standards that help them achieve uh, more sustainable success. And 9001 is the code that's specifically relating to quality management system, or in English language basically what we say is the business model how is the business model operating how do we make sure everything within the business is set up uh, to make sure our customers internally and externally keep coming back to us with satisfied outcome before we talk about your deployment of ISO Jonathan you did mention that you were um, uh, in uh, uh, manufacturing you were working on a research on a product and then you've heard uh, from marketing department so that was one of the uh, frustrations or alert at what point did you make that connection did, where you went do you know what i can help this company and we can turn this round and stop that feeling of frustration what was the link how did you make that jump um i i think there is a point you're, you're right with a lot of quality quality professionals when the sort of penny drops when you realize actually the scope of what quality is and how it needs to be used and kind of understood by an organization and and i'll admit that i don't think it came immediately but it was actually the journey of going through the development of a management system working with all the different stakeholders internally within the organization um, and understanding that actually I wasn't alone. There were lots of people who had these little frustrations about there were dependencies where we hadn't joined up and that just actually by improving how we communicate, how we talk to each other about how we add value along a process, that that was a really healthy and useful thing to do. And to break down those barriers between functions um, was the, the kind of point when I realized we, need, we all need to view um, what we do in a kind of with a systematic lens every now and then so that we can understand how we contribute collectively to being successful and 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 you know part of the journey of, of going towards a uh, establishing a management system in place sort of nurtured that understanding and that feeling and I, and I think it was the sort of thing that um, it sort of I think it definitely sort of came with actually that, that point in time of, of getting a certification being being realized getting that validation for actually yes you've put something in place that's systematic and is helping management 
I think uh, what's uh, uh, what's really nice to hear, because it's something that I hear a lot of quality professionals go through, um, when we talk about international bodies that set up those standards, um, because quality pro professionals tend to have, um, as you say, they connect the dots between different stakeholders, um, and we, we collaborate with lots of other divisions, um, those certifications do give us the sense of validation that what we've been doing to help a business achieve that success at a certain level has been validated by an outsider and that's always nice to have so it's good it's good to see that part of the journey as well um you've said that you've deployed such business models and helped uh, over 25 sites internationally um how was that for you great Getting to travel around the world and meeting lots of people and, and, and seeing how different cultures interpret and use quality standards, um, I guess. You know, each one is individual. Everybody goes through their own journey with it. Um, but there are these, you know, and, and it makes you appreciate the, the fundamental principles behind the standards. And, and actually, one of the things that I, I found necessary was to simplify the standards. What I used to say, because it's quite scary if you present somebody in... Kyrgyzstan, where I've been, with ISO 9001, and it's got 250-odd requirements in it, and it's really quite confusing. It can be quite scary for people. Uh, and so actually just simplifying it down to, well, let's look at the quality management principles, customer focus, mutually beneficial supplier relationships, all these kind of things. Um, and then you apply plan, do, check, act to each one of those principles. You're basically already there with, with ISO 9000 and all the requirements. So looking for ways of simplifying quality uh, was really important uh, and ensuring that they realized the scope of it needs to integrate all their kind of risks. So I, I worked very closely with health and safety and with environmental teams to make sure that their international standards, the equivalent of 9001, 14,000, 45,000, et cetera, were, were also integrated and brought into systems to keep it simple. Because I think my experience has showed me is that you could make things complicated if you're not if you're not very careful in terms of how you kind of interpret and understand particularly the more recent standards you don't have to write everything down it's about data it's about results it's about improvement um not just writing things down and describing management for the sake of it Yes, there is a very old school of quality uh, uh, management that says everything you do has to be written down. And uh, the profession has evolved a lot in identifying what needs to be written down. What is important that not having this information transferable would, would form a risk. Um, I just have one final point I want to talk about, but just to our, our listeners, we talk about Plan Do Check Act, and we talk about it in such a smoothness uh, throughout our conversation, simply because... Um, uh, uh, Plan Do Check Act is um, there are plenty of tools and techniques available out there and methodologies that quality professionals do, and um, I'm not sure. Can I uh, um, uh, compare our Plan Do Check Act, or also referenced as PDCA, into one of our Bible chapters as such, where each and every quality professionals will always refer to Plan Do Check Act 
in some part of their implementation career experience because it's really four simple pillars and it, it is the foundation of everything we do and review. Um, so for anybody who's interested to learn, there are lots of resources out there that explain what do we do in those cycle of plan, do, check, act. So thank you very much, Jonathan, for bringing this uh, to our listeners. Um, can I ask you about, uh, you said you traveled uh, to, to many sites and you've worked with different uh, cultures uh, as well. Throughout those trips, um, will you be able to share the top one or top two things that you were doing on site? So for our listeners to understand our quality professionals, what is it that they do when they travel uh, in simplistic terms? Yeah, I mean, again, a big part of my, my role was to uh, ensure that we did try and keep the rollout of the, of the, um, uh, of the management systems across the manufacturing um, part of the business I was in as uh, simple and consistent and, and, and not end up with lots of, of, of uh, uh, variation between the systems and to join up a very large organisation really to ensure there wasn't a disconnect between the kind of head office, which was where I was from, with the operational, you know, people at the sharp end delivering to customers. So it was really important that, you know, we established relationships with people and, and, and I mentored a lot of people to, to ensure that actually they, they um, didn't feel unsupported and that I was there to, to help them and, um, you know, make them feel comfortable that it is a journey that you go on with quality. And it's, you know, it's not something that happens quickly. It's a strategic decision. My favorite line in ISO 9001 is the beginning, which says it's a strategic decision to implement a management system and, and to get, you know, understand that it, it can it can take a while and continual improvement is something that doesn't end. And it's not necessarily something that takes has massive leaps in it. You know, it's just you slowly start to build up consistency and confidence in the principles of plan, do, check, act. And, you know, the, the principles of having a, a collective management system that becomes a sort of common point of reference for management, people in an organization to look at and go, how can we work together to improve things? Um, and, and those sites that you traveled to, were they all manufacturing the same product or were they manufacturing different parts of a bigger complete um, product? Yeah, generally they were all kind of manufacturing products. I've worked in the, the food industry, fast moving consumer goods. Um, uh, and I think at the end of the day, uh, they were all, um, kind of delivering the same products, but to different markets. So there was always variations. There were also, you know, um, challenges in their own environments that made them kind of unique, I suppose. But still needed to match a certain level of standard that is set out by the company as a whole. So the variations will be defined. Yeah, you know, and I think that was an interesting one in that um, what it started to do was to make the kind of head office, the larger organization realize that perhaps they needed the same management system structure that they were expecting from their manufacturing units. You know, it was, it was a, an objective to, to, for individual factories around the world to, to establish a quality management system. But actually what it started to make the organization realize that is that there's a, there's a bigger picture here as well, where we need to make sure we don't have disconnects across the organization from kind of central head office as well to the manufacturing organization. So there was a, an important lesson there. I think um, as any organization goes on a quality journey, it starts to awaken in terms of its, its sort of uh, self-awareness of, of, of how things work and, and how people need to work.
Thank you very much, uh, Jonathan. Uh, what I like about this is, is we're bringing yet another angle to quality professionals because that knowledge and experience in manufacturing, seeing um, how something is being manufactured and understanding that there are lots of possibilities of variations, some of which are good and in line with the requirements, others are not good facilitates that conversation as you're building the relationship with different sites, different cultures, understanding their needs, their challenges, and their successes and how they get it right as well. So definitely an interesting um, uh, branch into quality profession as a whole. So thank you very much for um, uh, sharing your journey uh, with us. Let's talk about your successes. Um, do you have anything that sort of makes you smile, ticks your box, that whenever you think of it uh, as an achievement, uh, you go, yes, definitely, I'm pleased with this. Okay, so yeah, I mean, you have to savor some of those things, don't you, in the quality, <laughs> uh, in a quality career, is, is, is sometimes it's, you know, it's not always an easy job in, in quality. Um, However, um, yeah, there have been one or two. I mean, I moved from manufacturing into construction. I was asked to come and work in construction because they wanted some process management approach. Construction, when I moved over, didn't have the same kind of maturity that manufacturing has when it comes to understanding process. I learned a lot about statistical process control and these sorts of techniques in manufacturing that just didn't exist in construction. So when I joined construction, it was like, bit of a baptism of fire you know there were some basic things that needed to get get right in in, in different organizations and I've worked in a number of different construction companies uh, and they're all on a different you know uh, on the same kind of journey but just at different stages and that's fine um, but just some the ability to actually bring some of that kind of knowledge over from from manufacturing into construction so for example I use a Kanban approach a lot of visual management to help um, people understand kind of gateways and how collectively they work together um, and to bring some technology in to sort of to help with that as well as something I've done in in recent times but one of the things that that happened to me is that I had to kind of do a very neutral report on a management system in a construction organization and that didn't go down too well actually you know I mean people were quite upset when I said actually you know I think there's a there's a there's a better way of of, of, of doing some of this stuff, you know, and, um, uh, and to uh, the, the credit of uh, the CEO where I was working, he gave me the opportunity to, uh, to go and trial a new system. And I did so on a big project and that was, that was very successful. And, and then, and then, uh, you know, a year after having perhaps quite a, not such a, a positive response to the suggestion of change, which was necessary. Um, I got a kind of a, a innovation award from the organization for, okay, that's really great. Well done. And we want to roll this out across the, the wider business. And I'm not one for going around shouting about achievements or anything, but that gives me a little smile because it was quite painful to often challenge and propose the need for change. And then to go and to help an organization go through um, a, a review, a new way of looking at things, and then to appreciate actually, yep, this is, this is better than where we were. And let's let's go and build on that. That's something that makes me smile a little bit. That's something I'm I'm proud of, um, That's... because it involves me sticking my head out a little bit. And here we come to the part that everybody is waiting for. One of your deepest and darkest confessions. 
Oh. Um, is there anything that you would like to confess about? Something that you've done you would never do again um, that would have taught you a valuable lesson? Well, you know, I was, I was, I was thinking about this. And, and to be honest, uh, and to be honest, uh, honesty is what it's all about. So I don't have secrets in terms of, 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 what, I, uh, of what I do at, uh, at work or, or, or how I approach quality. Because as you say, um, quality is, the very, is one of the core values of, of um, uh, sorry, honesty is the, one of the core values of, of, of quality, and it, and it has to be. But I do have some little secrets, or they feel like secrets to me which I'm going to share because I think they're important um, in that, you know, sometimes it's the, it's the little things that you do uh, as, a, as a quality professional. It's the conversations, the one-to-one conversations you have with other people to, to, to share your kind of knowledge about understanding, to encourage honesty, to encourage, encourage truth, to encourage, encourage uh, analysis and, 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 and challenge and to nudge individuals and the organization gently towards quality i think you know it's often in quality people are expecting leadership to come from the top and change to come from the top and quite often my experience has been um, my privilege has been to work with lots of people at an operational level to light those little quality fires around an organization to gather a momentum in in the the majority of the people who work at say we say at the sort of the bottom of the pyramid um in that they're they are helping to deliver the operations. They are the customer-focused facing people. And to, to get quality going in, in those environments is, is really important. And it's something that we can forget sometimes. You have to practice what we believe, you know, not, not preaching, but actually believing in that, actually being, being customer-focused. I'm a big, you know, I think if there's, there are certain little things like you mentioned, little gems, remembering to remember, you're providing a service and that you have customers within your organization as well as outside of your organization and to understand what adds value for them and to get closer to their world and to understand their kind of pain and how you can help because most of the times it can be those kind of systematic issues and it can be really simple things as well so there's it's a little secret i think i just remind myself not to um have too much of an ego about quality, you know, do the little things, do them well, gradually help an organization nudging them along is just as important as having some kind of strategic commitment from the very top, which is also necessary, but it's not always something that's always present in an organization. The reality for a lot of quality professionals is, is that, um, you know, we don't always get the, um, uh, the commitment and understanding. And, you know, the way to prove that is, by convincing those around them to have those conversations to say actually you know there's something in this and uh let others start doing spreading the message for you as well um ego is definitely one of the key problems that would uh, face any professional not just a quality professional um but um have you found that when in in some of your projects and implementations that you've worked that missing out on uh, those who are working with a certain uh, process or product uh, customer facing uh, not including them would have made the deployment of your project or initiative a little bit more difficult Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. But I mean, I think I've always, you have to include anybody who's involved in an organization in your management system. Uh, it's funny now that um, um, we often talk about integrated management systems and have been doing so for quite some time, to be fair. But 
I've never really understood why you wouldn't have an integrated management system. For me, uh, it's contradictory not to have an integrated management system in any way. So uh, you've got to involve everybody. And I think the latest review of the standards is just a continuation of that, whereby, you know, we now talk about uh, the context of the organisation, the stakeholders, and actually focusing on what are, what are the risks of not delivering to those stakeholders. And, and just for our listeners, when we talk about integrated management systems, um, generally, just to give them an idea, is uh, lots of companies go out to get uh, uh, become certified and become sort of accredited internationally against a certain framework. So some organizations decide to become certified because they implement a business model that achieves sustainable success and is customer focused. Um, and uh, uh, sometimes they decide to go and implement a uh, standard that gives them that confidence that they are um, uh, deploying a framework that's environmentally friendly. And in, in lots of, those are just to pick up two, two examples. And in, in many scenarios, we see companies that give the um, business model and sustainable success in their uh, efficiency to one team and their environmental friendliness to another team. And what we're here to saying is, why are you, you working with two different management systems or two different separated um, uh, functions when those two could be brought under the same umbrella and approach them in the same mindset, in the same approach. Um, so that's when we talk about integrated management systems. Um, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for sharing your uh, journey, your successes, um, and uh, definitely ego has no place in the quality profession and in fact no place in any profession. So thank you very much for sharing that with us. Um, and thank you to all of our listeners who joined us today. Um, if you enjoyed the episode, please do uh, subscribe or follow uh, us to get all of these episodes uh, up to date on a weekly basis. If you have any questions, comments, or most importantly, confessions from your work that you want to make, please do tweet me at Rashad underscore Isa and do use the hashtag confessionsqp. Until then, thanks for listening and please do bring your confessions forward.